Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a Christmas edition of Flyers Daily. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you're having a, a good and happy and safe holiday uh, with your family, you and yours. And it is a Monday. And just because it's Christmas doesn't mean we give them a day off. Heck no. Uh, joining us from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. Bill, happy holidays. Um, thank you to, to you and your family as well, and also to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, you know, I talked about this in yesterday's episode, but I, I couldn't help but think back to Christmases of the last four or so years. And from a Flyers hockey standpoint, I know a lot of fans, you know, were at this point of the year, we're kind of like scratching our heads. Late Novembers and Decembers had not been kind. The organization lost identity, and they seem to have refound that with some very key moves in the offseason uh, organizationally. Uh, but th- where we are this Christmas, as opposed to where, where we were the last four or so years, is a markedly different franchise. There, There is, both on the ice, in the room, and around the team. There, there's a, you know, there's a... There's a whole different feeling than there was even even a year ago, and um, you know it, it it starts at the top, but but it's at it's at every level. Um, you know you can look really up and down the organization. The uh, you know the, the World Junior Championships are about to get started, and uh, you know one of the top line guys on Team USA is a, is a Flyers prospect. Um, you know Russia's not even in the tournament, but if but if they were, you know, Michkov would be one of the the, the marquee guys. So, you know, while they're rebuilding, they're also, they're also the, you know, there are guys tr- tremendous promise right in the system, but right in, you know, right in the wings over the next couple of years. It's not like, you know, it's not like they, they've been, uh, you know, to just all for a one and done kind of a shot. So it's, I mean, it's really the organization's in, in a better space and it's been in, in a long, long time. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's been it's been really really nice to see because it, it's been let, let's be honest, it's been a really really long ride and there's a long way to go. But yeah. um, you know, but but you stop at the holidays here. There's a you know significant break in the schedule and you kind of take stock of where things are and you realize how just how far it's come just just in the last year. Yeah, Bill, it's weird. Like you feel like you finally get on the escalator that's moving up instead of yeah. either the treadmill that's not moving up or down or you're on the escalator going down. And, and, you know, it's weird because, you know, you and I have talked about this a few times over the years. It felt like there was just some kind of black cloud over the organization. And, you know, th- there was a loss of identity. And I think Flyer fans, rightly so, felt disrespected because one thing, like we saw it in the Detroit game, one thing about Philadelphia sports fans is they want an honest effort. And, look, they want you to win. Uh, but you have to, at a minimum, play an honest brand of sport. Yeah. And, like, we see this team going to Detroit. They're down 5-1. I mean, they are – I mean, Bill, they stood around and watched that game like every fan in the building in that first period. And then they come out in the second. They chip away. They don't give up anything. They eventually take a lead. And that, that bad goal that Dylan Larkin sco- scores on Hart. But then he battles back in overtime to make some huge saves. They have no business getting a point out of it. To me, as much as the rebuild is, you know, what's on the ice, the organizational identity is the was the first step of this rebuild because if you didn't have that, 
none of this was other stuff was going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other piece of it too, and then John Torrell's touch on has been in the room. Yeah. You know, it, it's a very unified group. They, you know, they, and it's, it's not just you know, everybody's buddy, buddy, but they, they push each other. You know, there, there's accountability to the group. So if you're giving less than a hundred percent, you have to look every, you have to look at everybody else. Right. And, um, you know, it's that instant accountability where they know if you could have blocked that shot and you didn't, you got to answer those guys and, um, or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. I mean, it, it, it translates onto the ice. Um, you know, let's face it, the, the game in Detroit, if you go back to those couple of games against the Rangers a few years ago, we're not in goal. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not only did they get their doors blown up, they didn't compete in those games. They, they literally stopped competing and just watched all night. And that first period, you're playing three times in four nights. It's the last game before a break. You're, you're on the road. Um, hearts just back off of an illness. You could make a million excuses. And nobody did. They, they, they came out, and as you said, they chipped away in the second period. Um, the, the emotion ratcheted up as the game went along. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they – it would have been great to hold on to the six five lead and, and go on and win that game. But but even just come away with a point in that one, that that one, you know, you obviously won, you know, you won wins, but that that one really the the nature of the comeback. There's not too often you're gonna have forty minutes, you're down by four. And I'll tell you by the time by the time it got to five to three, the the fight with Steeler and then the back to back goals by Couturier and Frost, you knew that Fox can do something here. You know, yeah, they, yeah. Just, just keep building what they're doing during the game. You could f- go into the third period down by a goal or down by two still, but you feel like get this next one back and you're, you know, you're really onto something here. And that's uh that that's a really nice feeling because there are so many times when the games really would have, would have gone sideways and uh, you would have gone in the break with a, you know, pretty lousy feeling, honestly. Um, so uh, it, it's uh, you know it it feels good right now. I mean it's it's something that you know there's a long way to go in the season. Um, you know Don Tortorella has said and, and he's right. You know there are going to be other stretches where wins are hard to come by or goals are hard to come by. But I think before the season when when Tortorella was talking about the room and the group and um, you, know, you and I had said on there, well we'll see what happens when adversity hits. It's easy to say that before the yep. season and. They're showing. They are showing the characteristics of a of a team that really, you know, it's really that that whole group every single night, and it's different different guys, different situations, all the things you all the things you talk about in, in a team that's uh, that's competing, and you know, and not just competing. I mean, here they are sitting there in, in second in the Metro, and uh, you know, I mean, it's you know a, a long way to go. Um, you know, as Tortorella said, the grind really starts after New Year's, but here they are. They're, they're right. They're right to think of things. And it's, uh, I don't think too many people would have predicted that coming in. Bill, I looked at that game and, you know, going into it on the day of, of the Detroit game on Flyers Daily, previewing the game, I said, the biggest thing they're going to have to overcome in this game is that just the mental tank. The emotional tank is empty. You just went through a nine-game point streak, and you played a ton of very close games. You know, a lot of one-goal games, a lot of OT shootouts and those kind of things. And when the streak ended the night before, 
It's the thud. It's okay. Yeah. The streak is over. Now you've just been hanging on by your fingernails, trying to keep the streak alive and keep gathering points in the standings. And when that ends, it just all hits you. And they look like a team that had no energy, no detail. All of those things were out the window. But you mentioned the moment that would happen with Nick Sealer because that was the shock paddles in a lot of ways for that game. What does Nick Sealer mean to this group? Because when he flipped out, it woke everybody up and it became a calling card. It, it sure did. And, and he's often that guy, you know, um, <laughs> and, and it's not, it's not just the shot number of shots that he blocks, for example. It's that some of those, you, you can tell they sting. He feels it, right? But the, the in big situations, like, um, you know, sometimes sometimes several in one sequence. And, um, you know, he's, he's not a not a fighter per se, but if he has to, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll stand up for himself or for a teammate. Um, you know, he, he's one of those guys who means a lot more than his, his stats would ever show. Um it, it's a guy who guys can look at really up and down the the roster and even the farm system. This is a guy who's talking about talking about your late bloomers. I mean, he, he really thought about leaving the game. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, and now he's playing in the top four, and he doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't look out of place doing it. Um, you know, the in those moments, I mean, just just as a competitor, just as a just as a team guy. Uh, I mean, he. Uh, players like that mean a lot, and you know I, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Flyers will get calls about him, you know, right up to the deadline. Um, he's unrestricted after this year. Um, you know, I I, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, is, is it worth say a say a third round pick to not have him? Yeah, a five percent chance at a two hundred game player. Yeah, right. So. And, and you know, I, I would say no. It's not like there's somebody who can step right in and replace him, replace his minutes. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's a guy you signed a, a long-term deal, but that that's a guy who who's means more in the room, on the bench, and on the ice than than any numbers you could slice and dice to show that. Because he's one of those guys who um, who sets a tone um, everyday practice. You know, he ne- he never takes a day off. That's something. That's something too with Sealer. Yeah. You know, some guys have, uh, you know, you, you're in that grind, and uh, you know, like, oh well, you know, we have couple ga- couple days before a game, and they kind of walk through the practice. That's something. That's something, by the way, that the team as a whole does not do. They are, you know, they practice well too, and um, but but he's he's one of those guys who help establish that. He's one of the quiet leaders on the team, and. Just, just that that on ice tone that he said in that game. I mean that that as you said, that, those were those were the shock paddles. And um, is is it coincidental that Couturier scored right after that, and then Frost right after that? No, no, it, yeah. it wasn't. It really it really woke the team up. And then they, you know, the and, and once you have that, you know, then somebody has to take the next step and the next step after that. Mm-hmm. But that's what good teams do, and, that, yeah. and that's what that's what the Flyers did. And the thing about it, too, Bill, you know, having all of these meaningful games um, is such a big thing because like this 7-6 game where you're down four goals after a period, you never know for some of the younger players or the guys that will be here 
when you may have to call back on that, yeah. on that moment, or even the moment that happened six days prior where they won a one nothing game against the same team, you know, to be, you're going to have to recall those moments in some seven game series along the way at some point. And to have to go through these meaningful games that of all different shapes and sizes, that's the big, you know, that's the catch 22. That's the big catch here is that you can't just because their games call it meaningful hockey, unless it truly means something. And these games truly mean something both now and long-term. Yeah. And that was something that, um, you know, the, the last year, listen, mind you, everybody's in the same boat, right? The ga- games were as meaningful or, or non-meaningful for everybody because of where the team was. Yeah. But but guys are getting tested now in situations where a lot more is riding on it. A lot more is riding on, on winning or losing. Uh, a lot more is riding on a, on a good or bad shift at a, at a key juncture of a game. It's a whole other kind of experience. And, um, you know, and, and you, you sink or swim there you know, in those situations and the stakes just keep going up from here, but, but so far so good. Um, you know, you've had guys who've in these hard games against, against good hockey clubs, um, you know, have shown their medal and then shown an ability to stand up in some of those big moments. And it's not like, you know, the, you, you know, you're not, they, they don't fire at all cylinders every night, every game. Right. Nope. Nobody but they, does, they, but nope. they find ways you know, it, you know, again, stealing something that Tortorella has said that it's a, it's a find a way league, and um, you know, it can't only be a game to one. I mean, I mean, we're not talking anymore about the Flyers scoring first versus trailing first because right now, yeah, right now, no matter what the score has been, they're in the game. Yeah. So that's uh, you know that that that's the next step in that evolution. And uh, we've seen that over now, now more than a month, or even if they, they are down early that they can come back and they can win. Now, you know, now there are things that need to be cleaned up. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, they were living a little bit too much off their transition game and off the rush and they were scoring a ton of goals and you want to keep that up. But I do think the Flyers have to get back and they, they did as last night's game went along too. Get back to establishing a forecheck, yeah. and uh, you know sometimes sometimes it, it's the the greasy goals that count too. And you look at you look at last night's game. What did you have? Right, you had three deflection goals and you had a couple rebounds. Yeah, and those those are the kind of goals in those, those big games. A, they you know game, games can hinge on that. But but it was nice it was nice to see those kind of goals too, um, even though they might not be the, necessarily the highlight reel kind of ones. Those are the ones that you can, you know, if you can generate those, you you can beat beat good teams, right? Yeah, um, and it's territorial too. It, yeah. it ships the territorial battle down yeah. the other end. It's it's not um, just weighted to your end of the ice more, and they've defended less this year. Uh, but one of the things about the game after the first period, I had put a tweet out about it, and I mentioned it on the intermission um, during the Flyers Detroit game. Uh, I didn't think they should pull Hart from the game, and there was a litany of reasons why. Uh, one was Sam Erickson had played five straight games prior. He played uh, in the first two games of the three and four and the obviously the first game of the back to back. And Hart hadn't played in 13 days. And had they pulled him, he would have got a period in of sour hockey 
Um, yeah. And the next time he would be eligible to play would be not until Thursday of this week, the 28th, yeah. which would have then been, I think, 20, 19 or 20 days since he last played in Colorado uh, in total. So I thought it was important for him to just stay in and battle through it. And the other reason I thought it was important, too, for the player, because I looked at that first period, I go, was he great in the first period? No, he gave up a five spot. Anytime I go, you're just going to, that you look at the raw number, but there was a lot of standing around watching. And I thought it was a good opportunity for the players in front of him to go, this guy's been here for us all year. Um, we just did him dirty in that first period when he gets yeah. back from an illness and trying to get back in and playing. Um, so let's kind of rally around him as well. But I was really glad to see the decision was to keep him in that game and let him work through. I know he gave up the, the bad goal to Larkin, and it's a bad goal. But I'm glad that he battled all the way through that overtime as well. Yeah, and if you look at his overall body of work, you, you can't let the one goal over, you know, overshadow the rest of the performance. Um, shootout is the shootout, but the rest of regulation, and especially in overtime. Um, that, that, Save that, a that, ghost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that, that should have been an overtime loss. And a couple on Debrinket, too. Yeah, all the point-blank one, yeah. Yeah, they were really, really tough saves. Um, you know, so he ends up you know, feeling decent about it. Um, as you said, he had a long absence from illness, was just coming back off of. He had a couple of practices in, but he was in, he was out, he could back up. Or, or Peterson had to back up a couple times and – um, Sandstrom at the beginning of that stretch was backing up a couple times. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it's just not the preparation rhythm that, yeah. uh, especially hard was very much mm-hmm. preparation and rhythm oriented. Um, it, so it, it took him a period to get going and, and with the team not playing at all in front of him, I think instead of a, a two, nothing, that, that's why it was five to one, you know, uh, or two to you know, maybe a two to one, um, you know, Briggs' goal was a little bit of a lucky one because that wasn't the shot he intended. So yeah. you got you got one back, but you know, but instead of getting up a five spot, maybe on a, an ordinary game when you're playing at kind of that level, it said maybe it's two. Yeah, but uh, but he, you know, so I think I think it was a hundred percent the right call, and um, you know, and I think Hart justified it by by his overall body work the rest of the game. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things. I saw it on social media before the shootout and I've seen it from quite a few people after um, cart doesn't heart doesn't have uh, great success in the shootout. So people are saying they should take Carter out and put Sam Arison in. Um, and I get the theory of it, you know, Arison's a really good shootout goaltender, but I will tell you that I don't think the greatest of shootout goaltenders are in a position to have success yeah. after sitting there for two hours and 40 minutes watching a game. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it happened. There, there's precedent in a Flyers game. The first game, John Stevens yeah. was behind the bench. That was that disastrous 06, 07 season. Uh, it was against Atlanta. Johan Hedberg was in goal and uh, did not have good shootout numbers. And, and Kari Lettinen was a really good shootout goalie, but he'd been sitting all night. And – you know, it didn't go well. That was that was a rare shootout win for the Flyers because you come in cold like that, you know, and you got no and, chance. And had no chance. Two, he was zero for two in that shootout because he's he was cold at that point. It would it would have been the same thing with any goalie. It, you just you just can't. I mean, unless the guy's injured and you have no other choice, you go with the guy who's been in there all night. 
Yeah, there, and it's not just like you're disrespecting the guy that's yeah. in there. It's, yeah. I mean, you can't just jump off the bench and join the race yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and expect to be in, you know, peak performance mode. It's just, it's never going to work. You say, well, maybe if Harrison knows this, he can get ready. But the only way to get ready is the 65 minutes that were played prior to that. Yeah. You have to have a feel for a game too. So, um, but I thought that was, while I, some people were really serious about it and I'm going, yeah, that's cute. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that is not going to happen or be work. Um, Bill, great stuff. Uh, thanks for doing this on the holiday. As always have a great holiday with your family and flyers will be back on Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with another brand new episode, uh, but rebuilds work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and NHL.com and hockeybuzz.com. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new flyers daily.